Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, back by no one's demand, but our own from the DraftKings Sportsbook Studios in sunny but snowed in a little bit, although that seems to be melting off. Scenic Elizabeth Park, Nashville, Tennessee. It is the 615 Sessions podcast. You know, it is powered by our friends at Two Rivers Ford and, of course, brought to you as always by A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports Nashville.com. Welcome back or welcome in to the final edition of this regular season for the 2021 Tennessee Titans. Teron Davenport and Joe Rexroad are going to be our panelists today, and there's a lot to talk about between. Julio Jones and Derrick Henry's uh, whenever it ends up being return and the implications of a first round buy in their quest to be able to sit atop the AFC. So we're going to talk about all of those things today with our friends Joe and TD. But before we do that, I got to tell you about Two Rivers Ford. It's a new year. And if a new vehicle, oh, by the way, this is the first uh, 615 sessions of the new year. So I hope all of you had a Lovely new year, and so happy to have you back for yet another year as we enter, what, almost year three of the podcast. It's very exciting stuff. Anyway, new year, and if a new vehicle is in your future, let me tell you about the Built for You program at Two Rivers Ford. I'm going to tell you exactly how it works. You can order any Ford, any color, with any available features, and Two Rivers Ford will order it for you and have it delivered to your door whenever it's manufactured. Pretty cool, so that when the vehicle gets manufactured in Detroit, where all of Ford is based, it's got your name on it. And I honestly like the sound of that. I think uh, it's pretty funny, given the fact that, you know, I could do the Buck Rising Ford Explorer in iconic silver. That sounds quite nice, doesn't it? They also have new vehicles arriving almost every single day, so keep checking tworiversford.com. They have one of the largest selections in the state. Also, if you want someone at Two Rivers Ford to contact you to be on the lookout for the vehicle you want and alert you when one comes in, just give them a shout and they'll make sure you get a heads up. The salespeople at Two Rivers don't work on commission, so they're never going to pressure you. They're just there to help make things as easy as humanly possible. I could talk about Two Rivers Ford all day, and it still would not do justice to remind you that they've been a local business here in our community since 1983, nearly 40 years. And my friends at Two Rivers Ford know that the proper way to do business as a locally owned business for nearly 40 years is to treat their customers right. So for all things Ford, reach out to the most trusted Ford dealer around. That's my friends at Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford, powered by Ford, driven by people. Let's get to TD and Joe. All right, 615 Sessions podcast. We got Joe Rexroad of The Athletic, The New York Times, even 1025 The Game, all over the place. We got Teron Davenport of ESPN in front of the new Wall of Fame. Very, very nice. 
normally i think the last time we did one of this uh one of these all three of us were in a vehicle somewhere driving around so it's nice to see that everybody's settled in a little bit a little more stationary <laughs> a little more stationary yeah. Retro, is is my athletic subscription going to go down is my new york times subscription going to go up how is this going to work exactly for me Ooh. Look, I only look at this uh, personally. I, now I, I have to refer to Vrabel's second reference as Mr. Vrabel. I, I have no idea on the subscription, <laughs> but that's just my, you know, I got to adjust to that, man. Oh, so look out for kid- number one. You're kidding. That's, that's, they're going to make you do that? I am kidding, I think. Oh, my God. I made that, that up. But that is, a, of course, a New York Times uh, staple. The, the Mr. Um, and Mrs., you know, on second reference, and also the using the periods for NFL. I'm that, I love the New York Times, but other than that, I hate the N period, N F period, L period, you know? Yeah. My little, always my little quibbles. Throws me off, but I'm just actively rooting for you to have to refer to Vrabel as Mr. Vrabel in future columns when you're ripping a, a fourth down decision. TD, why don't you walk <laughs> people who are watching this on YouTube through the wall of fame that we have behind us here? Yeah, you know, it is actually my yeah. personal wall. So you have. I, I was so proud of this tweet. This is when um, I broke down the, the the game plan, how to stop Lamar Jackson. And Dean Pease told me that, that it was actually the same plan that they used. So Amy Adams Strunk, Miss Amy, she came up to me and uh, she said she loved my, my breakdown. Yeah. So that's that one. Uh, let's see. What can you see here? Uh, this was in the studio. I wanted to fight a game. Uh, got a couple of my homies there. Got the Met swag on. But a couple of my homies from from Philly uh, on there. So just different memories, man. This is uh, the wall going from my bedroom into the bathroom, and I just got different pictures. Uh, yeah, man, it's uh, something I wanted to do. At least uh, at least you've got your picture frames on the wall. Rex Rhodes appear to be, like, stacked up behind him in, in his office, I assume this is, just in yeah, shambles. And there's some nice unused wrapping paper there. That uh, <laughs> So, yeah, I've really got things together here, guys. Well, speaking of uh, having things together, it feels like the Titans are as healthy as they've been all year long. Derrick Henry was designated to return off injured reserve, as I'm sure everybody knows by now listening to this podcast. Um, Julio Jones appears to be a full participant at practice, despite uh, our buddy Paul Kaharski's gripes and uh, and about his productivity. Hmm. All hmm. of these things seem to be lining up for them to fall flat on their face in Houston or something like that. Like I feel it. I feel it stirring in my gut about this game. Yeah, that's something I asked Kevin Byard about. You, you know, the tendency that the team has to reduce themselves to the level of competition. And he mentioned the Texans game and the Jets game, and he said that's not going to happen this week because they they want that uh number one seed you know they want that bye week uh, the guys want to get an additional week to just go ahead and uh you know play it a little cool so we'll see what happens I think with this being a rematch and, and the way that they lost how frustrating that was with, with all those turnovers uh, four interceptions by Tannehill five turnovers in total I, I don't think they're going to have a letdown game Rex so, Davis Mills hits that 80 yard to Brandon Cooks on the first series and uh here we go here we go everybody uh, no, I look, I, for as many, uh, you know, failings as they've had in situations like this against teams, they should beat. they still in Vrabel's era, they still won way more of the games against bad teams than they've lost. And I agree with TD. I think it, it is probably a good thing. They lost the first one. Um, there's just, there's just no re there's no reason to lose this game. They have everything to play for no reason to lose it. 
Yeah. And, you know, it's the it's the number one seed on the line. This is what they've worked for all year long, despite all of the different crap that they've slogged through at various points. Uh, this is a situation, though, where, I mean, uh, with Davis Mills at quarterback, they're not terrible. Brandon Cooks has had a pretty good year. And Davis Mills, I don't I don't think he's I don't know what he is in his rookie season. And I don't know how much of it should be graded on a curve because of Houston being in the circumstance that they've been in all season long. But Teron, I kind of like him as a player. And I don't know why I feel that way other than uh, other than he's not the worst option that they've had. Yeah. Well, it always helps when you have a guy like Brandon Cooks that you can throw the football to. That helps. And a lot of times, you know, you see him like, oh, well, you know what? Brandon's down there. He'll get it. <laughs> and those are the type of throws, you know, that you're seeing it make. But I mean, yeah, with the the scheme, like the way they're doing it, um, it's a lot of rhythm stuff, you know, and, and they try to simplify it for him. So it definitely works. I mean, they're treating him like a rookie as far as that staff is concerned, just bringing him along and they have done better. But I think another thing I look at is, you know, they found a way to run the football decently also. So that's helped as well. And reportedly, uh, your colleague at ESPN, Sarah Barshop, is saying that Rex Burkhead's going to get an extension out of this for the Houston Texans. I'm convinced that Rex Burkhead is 110 years old. He's been in the league as long as I've been alive. (laughs) Nebraska legend. Nebraska legend. Well, there's a couple of those roaming around the league. I I know one of them certainly uh, is far past his expiration point, but we'll see how how many different times he gets a job with the Raiders. Anyway, Rex, with with this game and with, you know, this this narrative that kind of hangs over them about playing down to inferior competition and all of these different things, like from my standpoint, I look at this and say there are I have I have you don't trust anything implicitly. Right. Especially doing the job that we do. But the job that Vrabel and that staff, I think that gets lost in a lot of the coach of the year conversation the, the, the job that Mike and that staff have done has kept them in these games, no matter how many times they turn the ball over. There has always been a clear and obvious, concise plan for them to have a path towards success. It's just a matter of whether they have one of these nuclear moments that they have tended to do, because it's not just like one or two turnovers when they turn the ball over. It's four, or in the case of the Texans game the last time around, five. I, I just... I can't, I keep trying to I keep trying to run through all the different scenarios and and there doesn't necessarily pop up to me as one where they can choke this one away unless they do that again. I don't know how repeatable an offense that is from the last one. No, I agree. And look, the first Texans game was a weird day and it was uh sloppy and messy out there and then AJ Brown so uh, remind me uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. That was not only AJ Brown. That was Marcus Johnson that day too. Correct? Did yeah. they both get hurt? Yeah. So, yeah. so you know. So then you're then you're you got a guy in key moments when you're trying to throw yourself back into a game who you didn't expect to be playing, but uh, with the offense that day and Desmond Badger. There's a lot that went into that. The Steelers game too. Just bad turnovers. Yeah. And I don't know why this team gets into that. They did it in New England. Um, I don't know why they seem to come in bunches for this team. And then in a lot of other weeks, they just, they have no problem at all with it. But to me, that's it. That's the only way. The other the, the other bad loss, one, you're going way back. I think this defense didn't have nearly the, um, the, the confidence, the swagger, the gelling that it has now. So they gave up some loose plays, Zach Wilson. And they also didn't have their receiving core that day. I mean, you, again, you can find excuses for any of these. 
Um, Everything except Arizona, but honestly, week ones are just weird in, in the NFL every season. And that was a team, a good team, a team that I think is, even though they've kind of faltered late, better than probably most people thought they were, playing great and just kicking another team's butt, right? So that was just getting beat up front so badly. I, I Look, to me, that's it. If the Titans mess around and, and put the ball on the ground a few times, then anything can happen. But, but if they just don't do that and don't give up, you know, the big special teams play, the like, you know, the big explosive play on defense where you have a miscommunication. I just, I have a hard time seeing them not winning this game convincingly. TD, the explosive play element of this is something that has been such a big part of this team in the running game, which is different than most, right? Derrick Henry at any given point throughout the course of his career here uh, is the, is the exception to the rule. Most teams generate explosive plays via their passing attack. The Titans have had a little bit of that, but far less consistency. And frankly, I'm talking to Cosell, Greg Cosell about this earlier in the week. He pointed out something that maybe I haven't noticed, or maybe I'm not smart enough to notice, but there's not a ton of variety in their passing concepts. Like they haven't been forced to do anything differently in the passing game. I'm wondering how much of that is a fair criticism of Todd Downing or whether they just haven't felt the need to kind of uh, use different kinds of concepts other than that bang play action crosser that we know works so well for them. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's something that they use so much. And it's crazy that they use it so much and it still works. I mean, it was open open, uh, last week. It was the play where Tannehill, uh, he he threw it behind AJ Brown a little bit. Uh, He had, he did have Racy McMath coming open on that slot fade. And uh, that was something that I, I hadn't seen that as much before. Usually when you have that, that crosser there, you have the dig or the post over top. So mm-hmm. that was a little bit of a variation, but you're right. I mean, there's so many, there's a lot of floods and those type of things dividing this, the safety, you know, like we just mentioned with those two routes like that. I don't really think they have to get really complex because most of what they're doing is off of the play action passing game. And they're really just relying on that play fake to, to work for them. And, and it has, you're starting to see it work a little bit better right, as they become more effective running the football. So it, it's definitely kind of like dummy down somewhat, you know, but that's that's what they're working with, and it's it's working for the most part. Uh, I do miss that play-action uh, post, you, you know, that they used last year with Khalif Raymond so well. and They had it um, one time with Julio Jones, the first play of the Steelers game. Yes. But the time, they just there wasn't time to get it. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's the other thing. Cause we'll talk about the, we'll talk about the running game, but I guess, you know, all of those things Rex road lead back to the offensive line. The first game from start to finish that this group has played all year long comes in week 17 uh, where they're able to stay upright. It's probably the best, uh, the best protection Ryan Tannehill has had. And certainly one of the better efforts on the ground against a defense that just one wanted to, you know, try and rough you up up front in the Miami dolphins. This defensive front's going to look a little different against Houston, but from the offensive line standpoint, I mean, can they, can they like the rest of the injury report? Is it possible that they can round into form or do you think that was more of the exception to the rule and things are going to regress back to, some kind of a mean where Tannehill is constantly under duress. <laughs> no, I think it was encouraging because I think that, I mean, the Dolphins obviously maybe a little bit of a paper tiger 
with the uh, schedule they had on that seven game winning streak, but I still think that's a legit D. I mean, they, you know, their sack numbers were there. They, they're very aggressive. And I thought the, the Titans handled it well. Um, so well, I mean, I the think- Miami's offense gave them nothing. Like there was five straight yeah. punts on the first uh, on the first five possessions of that game. At some point, you know, it was like the Titans with Marcus Mariota. The defense can't hold up the entire game. <laughs> That's true. But I think, you know, like I feel like Nate Davis kind of coming on a little bit, and you know, whatever it all has gone on with him, it's been multiple things. So weird. Um, yeah, and, and I mean, obviously, I, I think Lawan has gotten progressively better. You're still, you're probably still going to see Saffold crouching down, you know, after some plays. I don't think that'll be, that'll ever go away. You got Ben Jones fighting through it, but that's where, I mean, you win this week, you know, win this week and you get that extra week for all those guys. I think that's a big, big deal. Maybe for that group in particular. Although I also, you know, Naquan Jones tier Tart missing Sunday's game. Those are two important depth guys on that defensive front. So there's, again, you get them that extra week. I, I think that it's, becoming better uh, I think it's getting better I don't know that it you know ever gets back to what they were doing last year I mean before Luan got got hurt last year I thought their pass pro was exceptional and uh, I thought that and you know a lot of it is the the play action stuff and you're freezing the linebackers but still I mean I I, I thought they were excellent and they were way better than you would have expected after Luan went down it's just been a series of uh, things this year uh, but I do I, I think that there's reason uh, for a little bit of optimism there, and that extra time should be good for them if they get it. Running, uh, running game wise, Deontay Foreman and Dontrell Hilliard have they deserve jobs somewhere after whatever this looks like. Whether one of them's here as Derrick Henry's backup, and you know, over somebody like Darrington Evans who has given them zero, and it feels internally like they're not terribly high on Darrington Evans, regardless of what his injury status is. I, I it, it feels weird to say. Tehran that I don't necessarily know that they need Derek Henry this week, but it feels like if there was ever a circumstance where you could say that they've pretty effectively proven since week eight that they can, or since week nine, that they can find ways to do this effectively without Derek. Yeah. I mean, they've shown that they could run the football without Henry. The thing that you have to look at though, that you're missing is as you mentioned, the, those explosives, right? He is their explosive other than A.J. Brown catching the five-yard pass and, and going 60. Right. So that is something that they're missing, but I don't think they'll need it this week. And honestly, it, you know, when uh, Coach Rabel had mentioned during his presser that Henry, you know, he he went, he practiced, and, and he mentioned on that turf, that really yep. kind of made my ears perk up because that was one of the things that I, I know there was some concern about him making his return to, to uh, play on that field turf. So getting him to practice like the snow has kind of been a blessing in disguise because they got to see, okay, well, how will he return? We don't know how much he did, but how will he respond? You know, and I, I think that's something to look at. I still don't think Derek plays on, on Sunday. I, I'm pretty sure that he doesn't uh, from yeah. what I've been told, but I mean, you, you never know. They don't need him in this game though. I, I think really with, with Julio Jones being back, AJ Brown hitting a, somewhat of a groove, uh, they they don't really need need him back. And Foreman has shown that he could carry the football. I mean, last week against the Dolphins was quite a performance. In fact, it was a career high, 132 yards. Well, and 71 yards after contact, that dude was yeah. mowing people yeah. down. He was hugely effective. And you know, the weather and the wear of 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 that 
game where the offense for Miami wasn't able to give them much at all until like the uh, the Titans put them in a position where they could kick that field goal and there was some officiating questionable officiating reasons for that the the missed intentional grounding is probably one of the most egregious penalties that or lack of penalties that we've seen all year for against any team um you you bring up Julio Jones TD and uh, your your question to Vrabel at the start of the press conference was a completely fair one. Now, I don't know that producer Reed's going to be able to flip it, turn this around in time to drop that audio in here, but for, for people listening or watching on YouTube, kind of lay out what you asked for Abel and, and how he kind of, you know, barked back a little bit. Well, yeah, I, I just, I, I'm really curious about what they're doing to get Julio Jones to football. So I asked Coach Rabel that exactly. You know, what are you guys doing to get Julio Jones more involved, at least to the point, of what you wanted when you traded for him. (laughs) He said, availability is great for any player. And I'm like, beyond that, I mean, what? And he he said, well, what's your follow-up? I said, well, my follow-up is just that. What are you guys doing to get him involved? You know, and and I I don't know, you you know, Coach Rabel, man. Like, he's one of those guys that just, sometimes he just, you know, I want to be upset about something. So I, I guess today was the thing he wanted to be upset about. And uh, I, I was the one that fell under the knife. So be it. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I'll shoot him a text and, uh, it, it, you know, I joke with him about it. But it, it is what it is. Um, he eventually answered it. And he just said, we're going to run our offense. And he said, whether that's to A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, Des Fitzpatrick, Chester Rogers, or whoever else, Nick Westbrook and Kenny had to mention that for Rex Road there, uh, <laughs> or whoever else Thank may you. be out there. Well, well on a, that's how you know he's full of it. Because as soon as you bring up Des Fitzpatrick in an answer, I don't believe I don't believe anything that you said. That's yeah. that's disrespectful <laughs> to, towards Des. But well, you know what I'm saying. See, I kind of that answer and, and the way he responded to that, you know, because uh, and for more context of that, Julio gives what I would say is a borderline delusional series of answers about his situation. I mean, man, you know, like this idea that like all he's getting all this attention and everything, and he just got to have opportunity, like. I, 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 I think lately that's not been the case. I think he just really isn't doing anything to make defense these defenses worry about him. But um, not that they couldn't give him the ball more. But I, I kind of took that answer, guys. Vrabel kind of saying, nah, that's not really it. You know, yeah. he's never going to come out and say that. But I felt like he – I'm trying to remember exactly how you asked it, TD, but you kind of mentioned what Julio said, right? Yes, that is. Yeah, I, I said – um, Julio said that they're kind of taking what defense, you're right, what yeah. defenses give them, and they're kind of doing some things to take them away. Uh, uh, to Where's... me, his answer kind of said to me, nah, not really. That's not really the issue. But, I mean, that's me reading into it. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think there's at least a little bit of that in there. Like, come on. You know, and again, T- Teron, you have a much deeper understanding of what uh, what they are, what what's happening on the field in real time. But, like, I'm looking at moments where, Julio Jones is open in when he has been out there and whether he's not the first one on the progression or whatever the case may be like, there are opportunities to get Julio the football. It just, it's not necessarily like defenses are covering him up. He's not the, he's not the peep, the person that people are game planning for right now. Yeah. You know, it's a lot like uh, 2019 with Corey Davis, where it was just something where they just, he and Tannehill could not connect consistently, you know, but then comparison. obviously 2020 things started to, because it was such a, a focal point, uh, things started to happen. And that's why I've asked Tannehill multiple times, you know, about uh, uh, Julio Jones, because there was uh, a, a play. Um, it was the Thursday, 
the Thursday game, I believe it was, against the 49ers, mm. where they had that play-action glance route, and it was Julio Jones running it left to right. Yeah. And it was open. It was a tight window throw. And at that point, it didn't seem like Tannehill had that same cockiness that he had before, right? Oh, no, it wasn't that game. It was the week before. Because that game, A.J. Brown was back, and he, that's when he – he kind of like got his mojo back with AJ back in the line. Pittsburgh. But on that on that one, he checked it down to Jeremy McNichols. It was a seven yard game, but had he gone to Julio, that probably would have been like a fifteen or twenty yard game. So there have been opportunities to to get him the football. They just haven't been able to connect. Well, and what's the parallel between what you've just described with Corey Davis in in nineteen and and what we're talking about with Julio is that the the quarterback hasn't had time with Julio Jones legitimately to get comfortable with him. I think we so, not us here collectively, but I think people so underrate that just obvious fact that when Julio, uh, when Ryan Tannehill was out there during training camp, Julio was bubble wrapped somewhere deep in the bowels of the facility. When (laughs) Julio came back, Tannehill was on the COVID list and then the season gets underway. And yeah, there's some spectacular moments like, uh, Seattle, where he was a massive factor in their ability to stay in that game. And then Buffalo, even if it wasn't volume, that was a critical catch that mattered to keep a drive alive in a game that they needed it. So outside of those like Julio, you know, just standout plays, like there's not a consistency, there's not a chemistry to it. And I, I don't know why people why people undervalue that when they're talking about this element of it. Yeah. And Tannehill's a big trust guy. If you notice, you know what I mean? He, he's, that's one of the things he says so much about uh, Marcus Johnson, right? How they developed that trust. Um, he said it about AJ Brown, obviously he said it in the past about Ferkser. And these are all guys that he's gotten to work with. Um, he used to say it about John o. Smith all the time. He said it about Michael Pruitt, you know, and again, these are guys that, that he's worked with consistently. So with all that said, um, are it outside outside of the thing that we open the podcast with? Like, is there any reason why all of us shouldn't enjoy a first round buy next week? Like, what what could the possible? I, I need a break. You need a break. Rex Road needs a break. We all need a break. The team needs a break. We all need a first round buy. I'm not showing up at Nissan. I'm not showing up at Nissan even if they're playing. So well, I'm, I'm taking a buy either way. Wild, wild car around you just right now. Yeah. That's right. I'm taking the buy. You're going to go cover some Ole Miss Tennessee basketball instead? Get the hell out of here. Maybe. No, not maybe. Well, you can read Joe Rex Road and all of the basketball coverage that he'll be doing during the Titans playoffs <laughs> at theathletic.com. Of course, Robbie and Rex Road from 6 to 10 a.m. on 104.5 The Zone. You can catch Teron Davenport all over the place, but – the Talking with TD podcast is a staple for any Titans fan. Um, and ESPN.com is where you can read all of the great work that he does. Boys, I will see you in Houston, and then we will see whatever unfolds on the uh, field turf on NRG Stadium this Sunday. Appreciate you stopping by. Hey, Buck, by the way, you, you said 104.5 The Zone. I'm 102.5 The Game. You are 104.5 The Zone. Leave me alone. I'm tired. I'm t- I've been talking a lot. All right. I've been talking a lot. Maybe, oh, maybe wow. that's a Freudian slip, Rex. Oh, how about that? <laughs> so that that works. <laughs> yeah. All right. Both of you leave me alone. I'm tired. <laughs> See you in Houston, boys. Okay. Appreciate the boys for stopping by and hanging out. We got some Music City mailbag questions that we need to address as well. Of course, you know that you are always welcome to send your mailbag questions to 
my Instagram DMs. That's at Buck Rising, R-E-I-S-I-N-G. Got a handful of mailbag questions to get to, but first, got to tell you about our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. Now, if you haven't tried DraftKings yet, I'm telling you, this is the opportunity for you to do so. They've got a great offer for any football fan to take advantage of this exciting time in the football calendar. If you're a new customer, you can bet just 5 bucks on any football team to win their game. And if they do, you can win $200 in free bets. Or you will win. Not you can win, but you will win $200 in free bets. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on football with same-game parlays, which, if you're unfamiliar, allows you to combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add on your same-game parlay, the more money you can win. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever it is that you want. All you got to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code A2Z Sports. That's A-T-O-Z Sports. Bet just $5 on any football team, college, or pro, and win $200 in free bets if they're victorious. That's code A2Z Sports this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older and present in Tennessee to bet. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. All right. To the mailbag, shall we? Chris Alonzo, Chris.Alonzo.22 says to us, what would you say the chances we actually see Henry versus Houston on Sunday? What would you like to see? Chris says, well, I don't think there's a great chance and watch as soon as we've said this, Tehran echoed this sentiment. I think all of us who have been, uh, who are connected to the team have been hearing that their preference would be to let it breathe a little bit longer. Positive sign, though, that he seemed to get a full week of work, and if precedent is to be cited in this, even though I think that's kind of a dangerous thing to do, given that none of these injuries are really all that similar, with Julio Jones, it took three days of being on the designated-to-return list Three days of good work from Julio Jones. They activated him to the roster that following Saturday. They did the same thing with Bud Dupree and the abdominal injury. Now, with Derek, it's a little different, right? This is surgery. This is a metal plate and screw that's been inserted into his foot. But if they feel that the, if if he's medically cleared, that that means the bone, the broken bone has healed. And really, at that point, you're just kind of, trying to find out through this week of work for Derek whether he is physically able to you know, handle that increased workload that they're doing with him, whether the basically the pain tolerance, because there is going to be some discomfort, uh, how much you know, I can't speak for entirely. One, I'm not Derek Henry. Two, I don't do Derek Henry's job. And three, I've never had Jones fracture surgery. But anytime that you do have those kind of parts put into you during surgery, as my buddy Blaine Bishop can attest to, there is going to be some physical discomfort as your body kind of adjusts to it. So um, I would say the chances are low. I would say, you know, that because he also asks, what would I like to see? I mean, I'd like to see them. I'd like to see them uh, handle their business without having to rely on one individual player, because I think those are completely unrealistic expectations, even as great as Derrick Henry really is. So with that said, you know, keep your expectations relative. 
uh, on Derek and just kind of preach or practice rather patience in considering at what point he might return. Um, we've got one from Jonah Hall who says, Hey, Mr. Rising. Oh, I hate the Mr. Rising thing. That makes me feel ancient. Oh, uh, Jonah's a college student though. So, you know, we'll give him a pass. Hey, Mr. Rising, I'm a college student at Tennessee Tech, majoring in communications through journalism and public relations. Oh, this is a this is a question about a possible internship with A to Z Sports this summer. Um, yeah, so as far as that's concerned, just since we're here, uh, if anybody, uh, any of you who are out there considering a, a career in sports media and you uh, have an interest in A to Z Sports, Austin Stanley, is who, you know, the A in A to Z. Austin Stanley handles our hiring here locally for Nashville. Of course, we've got Kansas City and Dallas as well. And, by the way, other markets in the works because this is very exciting stuff happening with A to Z and certainly within the next calendar year. I think you'll see even more growth from the company, which, of course, pleases us to no end. Um, But, yeah, Jonah, if you're uh, (laughs) – I'll have to respond to Jonah in text as opposed to just talking through his question – uh, yeah, Austin would be the person to talk about, about summer internships or potential openings and possibilities. Thanks for the question, Jonah. Let's go to Ryan Fick at, at the, the thickness. <laughs> got to be careful with that. The thickness on Instagram. Hey, Buck. I asked a question on the live chat, but it didn't make the cut. Okay, so he's talking about prime time. Vrabel said they would be looking at... Any and all options at tight end in the wake of Pruitt's injury? What's the street free agent pool looking like? Are there any good ones that they might pick up soon? Well, and he sent me this question on Monday. Since then, they have signed Ryan Izzo, who has spent some time with the New England Patriots. And it's pretty interesting, Ryan, actually, because they spent a lot of their offensive snaps on Sunday, whether this was out of preference or whether it was out of necessity, with Aaron Brewer, the backup guard, as their second tight end in their base personnel, which is their two tight end offense, which they typically like to stick to. So I don't know if that's because, well, I do know that's because Ferkser isn't good enough as a blocker and that the primary function of the tight end in this offense is as a blocker. Receiver is a secondary, um, a secondary function for the Titans' tight ends. That's who they chose to sign to the active roster, and that's who will be available to them. Because, of course, you know that Michael Pruitt had that awful, awful ankle injury that ended his season, and that uh, Tommy Hudson, who did show some promise and was on the active roster for a period of time, he has been unavailable for quite some time due to injury as well. So be curious to see how much they continue to use Brewer in that function or if that was just a one-off for the Dolphins game. Uh, last one, John Bertotti, John.Bertotti.7. I hope I've pronounced your last name correctly, John. Hey, Buck, I'm new to Instagram. Oh, so pardon me if I'm doing this incorrectly. No, you're fine, John. Could we have Diana on the radio show more often? Like you, she's really knowledgeable and fair, and she's one of the few national folks that actually cover the Titans. Thanks for all that you do. I love the shows and listen as much and watch as much and as often as possible. John Bertani. So uh, John is talking about Diana Rossini, our friend from ESPN, who does come on the radio show. Uh, not, not, I won't say frequently. We try not to bother Diana too much in the season, but she's pretty good about like once every six weeks coming on. And so because of that, John, you know, I don't try to, we don't, we, 
my friends who come on the radio show and and like Tehran and Joe even on the podcast and all of our other uh, panelists that we have here on the pod or on the radio show, we don't uh, we don't pay them for their time. Now, I mean, if anybody was worth it, certainly Diana would be to to become a, a weekly contributor. But honestly, that doesn't work for her schedule, and I'm respectful of that because I know what kind of you know, eternal suffering, my football season, not that football season's a suffering, but from a, from a schedule standpoint, uh, football season is very, very difficult to navigate, to do your own work, much less to make appearances on other people's platforms with weekly, uh, on a weekly basis. So, you know, with, with people like Diana and Mina Kimes or who else do we have? Josh Pate of CBS or Ryan McGee, who does such a great job with college football. Like, we try to ask those people about once every six weeks to uh, not over, not one, not press them. And they would probably say yes if I asked them more often, but I think their willingness to come back is the fact that I don't ask them as often as weekly or even monthly. We try to keep it on that six-week rotation to make sure that there's enough time for you know, people to enjoy coming back where it doesn't become a burden. So that's kind of the way that we do things. And, and Lucas Panzica, who's my producer on the radio show, um, Lucas does a great job with booking people as well. But every once in a while, I'll do it just to help him out because um, Luke, you know, Lucas is 25 years old and he'll, or 26 years old. His Rolodex will grow. But in the meantime, I've got plenty of friends who are always willing to come hang out, and we're grateful for that. So anytime that they give us, um, we do truly appreciate them for It's going to do it for this week on the podcast. I hope if you're going to Houston, you have a safe trip. I hope if you're in Middle Tennessee, you have been operating safely in these two days of snow that we have gotten. It's been uh, pretty to have snow on the ground. I am not overwhelmingly a fan of snow because I moved to Nashville to get away from the cold weather, and uh, it doesn't happen that often here. But, you know, snow is always Nice to uh, have for a period of time, and then I'm very happy to see it melt away. Now, as we sit here taping this on a Friday afternoon, I hope that my flight to Houston doesn't get canceled or delayed for any reason tomorrow, but it looks like that is going to be on track. The primetime show will come to you live on Sunday night after uh, the Titans and the Texans play, so we'll be able to talk about that then from NRG Stadium. And if you want pregame coverage, I've got you on the Lee Company Countdown to Kickoff at 9 a.m. Central Time that you can hear a pregame hour with me on 104.5 The Zone. So uh, if I don't talk to you on the pregame show, I'll talk to you on primetime after the game. And if I miss you on both of those places, we'll do primetime once I get back to Nashville. And the radio show, um, well, the radio show on, uh, on Monday will be live from Houston because I couldn't get a flight back before 10 a.m. Central Time to do it in studio, so we'll do it there, and it'll be a great time. And, you know, you guys know how I feel about rooting for the Titans. You know that I'm objective and that I'm not a fan and that I, uh, you know, this is my job, and so we try to maintain some journalistic integrity. But here's what I will tell you as we conclude on today's pod. I'm actively rooting for the Titans to win on Sunday for the first time in my career because I want a first-round bye I want a week off, (laughs) and I think that for uh, uh, my mental state and for everything else that you, outside of, you know, the obvious that your team is going to be in a good position if they win, I think that you should be rooting for that too. Either way, we'll continue the content, 
and uh, we'll enjoy doing it together. Thank you guys so much. Make sure you uh, make sure you tell a friend about the podcast because there's so many great podcasts in this A to Z Sports Podcast Network. Whether it's Charlie Burrs and Zach Reagan with the Big Orange Podcast, whether you got the Tighten Up Idiots that we uh, do so very much love with Austin Huff and Jack Gentry that come your way weekly in this feed. Make sure you tell a friend. You have that friend. Go ahead and follow the podcast feed, whether it's on Apple or Spotify or wherever else that you consume us. And if you would do us just the greatest favor and throw us a uh, a five-star rating, wherever it is that you listen to the podcast, we would be truly appreciative for that as well. I'm going to get out of here. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the football, of course. And we'll do it again next week, first round by or not, <laughs> on the 615 Sessions podcast. Brought to you, as always, by our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook and Two Rivers Ford and made possible by the fine folks at A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports.com.